All right, boy. Follow my lead. around here i am who are you uh, well sir i'm jordan rivers and these here are the soggy bottom boys out of cottonelia mississippi songs of salvation to salve the soul uh, we hear that you pay good money to sing into a can well that all depends you boys do negro songs uh, well uh, sir we are negroes all except for our uh, our company uh, uh, the fellow that plays the guitar. Yeah, well, I don't record negro songs. No, I'm looking for some old-timey material. You see, people can't seem to get enough of it. Since we started broadcasting it on the pappy old Daniel Flower Hour, so thank you for stopping by. But... Sir, uh, the soggy bottom boys have been steeped in old-timey material. Heck, we're silly with it, ain't we, boys? That's right. That's right. Yes, we ain't really Negroes. Oh, except for our companies. Sir, but Merton Aloysius uh, uh, will have to just sign X's. Only four of us can write. Hey, mister, I don't mean to be telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. Yeah, that's Governor Menelaus. Pass the biscuits, Pappy O'Daniel. And he'd sure appreciate it if you ate his farina and voted him a second term. Finest governor we ever had in Mississippi. In any state? Oh, Lord, yes. Every parish or precinct. He was making the bigger point. 
Well, ain't you gonna press the flesh, Pappy? Do a little politicking? I'll press your flesh, you give me the son bitch. You don't tell your Pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm -hmm. Take a leg, Junior. Thank God your mammy died giving birth. She'd have seen you, she'd have died of shame. Well, hi there. How you doing? This week on the podcast, uh, buy a case of Dapper Dan, get paid $10 to sing into a can, and R-U-N-N-O-F-T. That's right, this week we're talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. I'm Jason Martin. I am Paul Conlon. And yeah, we're talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And I do love this movie too. Yes. Good, good. Uh, This is usually a top 20 movie for me. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Good, good. Um, Coen Brothers movie. uh, Yeah. George Clooney and uh, Charo and many others. John Goodman. John Goodman. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Michael Badalucci. Um, uh, Badalucco. Is that what it is? I think it's Badalucco. I know it's not, not Lucci. Oh, okay. I have to look it up. Well, that guy. Um, lots of uh, lots of good. Uh, and the Charles Durning. Mm-hmm. Stephen Root. Stephen Root, the vastly underrated Stephen Root. Tim Blake um, Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson, yeah. Chris uh, Thomas King. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, about Luco. Okay. Tim Blake Nelson was recently on uh, the Unspooled podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. Occasionally now they do a, uh, uh, a episodes called Top 3 where they interview some actor uh-huh. and ask them to name their top three favorite yes. movies. And uh, Tim Blake Nelson was on it recently. Yes. And uh, his favorite comedy was uh, The Holy Grail. Oh, we're really? talking about the Holy Grail, so it was, it was good. The last thing I saw him in was the Watchmen hmm. TV series mm-hmm. based on the well, the concept from the comic books. Uh, there was a few things that were crossed over from the movie um, of the same name, mm-hmm. but not a lot. Um, and Tim Blake Nelson played a uh, really kind of weirdo character, which may or may not have had a superpower, mm-hmm. but definitely had a really cool costume. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, we open up. Uh, there's a chain gang, and uh, they're singing. Um, and then as they're singing, gradually you see the three pop up out of the grass because they're, they're all chained together. You know, it starts in black and white. Yeah. yeah. And, and slowly fades to a real washed out color. And I learned that uh, what they did was they filmed it, and everything was so bright and green and this and the other. Mm-hmm. They actually this is one of the first movies that ever did this in American cinema. Mm-hmm. They digitized the whole movie, digitally recolored, and set the colors to where they wanted. So the muted tones all mm-hmm. throughout, everything very earthy tones, mm-hmm. nothing very bright, nothing really pastel, but or just very earthy, neutrally type tones throughout. And then lasered it onto film so that when it went up to the theaters, it was film. Instead of uh, digital, really, yeah, wow. So they did a lot of stuff to make the movie they have the look they absolutely wanted. Yeah, well, however they did that, they did a good job. Yes, it, it looks did. looks great. Besides being great, it looks great too. Um, the song there uh, that's, that's that's being sung is "Big Rock Candy Mountain" when they're jumping up, like popping up out of the grass. Uh, yeah, nice, the, funny the, song. the chain gang song was actually a recording from like the nineteen. 19- 
thirties. Oh yeah. Uh, of an actual chain gang. Hmm. So. Really? Yeah. Um, and it's great. You see him jumping about, you know, as the credits roll by, um, and, uh, the music's still going and you see him, uh, they're chasing a chicken, uh, to get something to eat and I uh, hear the bloodhounds, uh, you know, coming after him. Um, they're still running through the field chained together. Um, and it shows in the credits, which, you know, it's based on the Odyssey by Homer. Yes. Yeah. Um, even credits Homer is one of the writers, but I actually read that, uh, neither Cohen actually ever read the Odyssey. Really? It's just kind of loosely based on their recollection through other, uh, media that they had been exposed to variations of the Odyssey. Uh, so there's really more of a homage to Homer than an actual play by play. Okay. Of, of the of the Odyssey. Okay, okay, um, and uh, you see them. Uh, they're running for the train, and this is one that definitely got in the commercials and trailers. Where uh, um, they're all three chained together. Everett, which is George Clooney's character, gets on the train, and uh, he's talking to the the guys that are on there. He's like, "Say, any boys, Smithies, or otherwise gifted <laughs> in the metallurgical arts," and the other guys can't get on there and he gets yanked off by them because they can't get on. If you notice uh, the, the guys are on the train already, yeah. the guys hanging on the, the thing, mm -hmm. they were all lounged around on Pappy O'Daniel flower. Oh, were they? The bags were Pappy O'Daniel flower. Oh, okay. Okay. No, I didn't notice that. Um, and uh, so they're, uh, they're uh, having an argument with each other and uh, um, um, Delmer, uh, um, John Turturro's character, you know, he's arguing with uh, Everett, saying, "Who liked you lead this outfit?" And they're voting on who's going to be with it, you know. And uh, they each vote for each other. And then Tim Blake Nelson says, "I'm okay, okay, I'm with you, fellas." Yeah. <laughs> he he yeah. basically doesn't vote. Yeah, which is funny as hell. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, fellas. Yeah. Um, this is where they see the uh, blind man with the. Uh, was it? I can't remember. It's called a push cart, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, or hand cart or hand cart. Hand cart. Yeah. Um, with the uh, where you can uh, you know, basically push up and down and makes your uh, your cart move on along the train tracks. Um, and he's talking to him saying, John, me, my son. And they're asking him question, you know, like, do you have a job? And he's like, I work for no man. <laughs> and like, you have a name, do you? I have no name. Everett says, well, they're, they're right there, mate, be the reason you can't find game employment. You see, in the market of competitive commerce, you know, <laughs> and he keeps talking, he's like, you seek a great fortune. Like, first, you must travel along a difficult road, and you shall see a, you shall, shall see a cow on the roof of a cotton house. And uh, they're all just like, all right, whatever, you know. Yeah, at first, it, it seems like he's talking in kind of Ridley type things. And so he says that, and something's like, it's a pretty concrete thing to say. Right. You will see a cow on the top oh, of a cotton house. house. Yeah. Of course, it is, but then they think he's just saying crazy shit. But, yeah. Um, and uh, after this guy goes by, you know, Everett's talking about, you know, the blind possessed this this otherworldly vision. And uh, they say, well, they weren't, we weren't going to get the fortune. We weren't. We weren't going to get the fortune. And then Everett says, what the hell does he know? He's an old, ignorant old man. <laughs> so he's using him to like further his argument until he says something he disagrees with. And then he just like makes up. Oh, it is something interesting and very, you know, con-manish. The guy said, you will not 
if the fortune you seek, but the one that you find, yeah, or something, something along those lines. That's a very clever. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they go to visit uh, Delmer's uh, cousin. Uh, Hopgood. Yeah. Hog, hop, 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 hogwash, 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 hogwash. Yeah. And uh, they're talking to his son, and he's like, "I nicked the census, man." He's like, "No, there's a good boy." You know, <laughs> back then it's hard to think of now, but. The census man was like a spy from the government. If you were in a country, are you here? What's your name? Yeah. How many people here with you? Got my man. Yeah, exactly. Back then, it was potentially just a spy to catch you running a still or something. Back then, and there's a good boy. I love that. <laughs> and uh, they're they're eating dinner, and uh, his son is sitting on several uh, Montgomery Ward catalogs. There's like five, so he can actually sit up at the table with everyone else, and. Uh, they're asking what happened to Mrs. Hogwallop. Hogwallop, that's what it is. Mrs. Hogwallop, and uh, the father says, well, she done R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Um, and they're, they're talking about how the meat is good. He's like, you really think so? I slaughtered this horse last Tuesday. I think she's starting to turn. Um, and uh, they're on the radio just sitting in the living room, and uh, You Are My Sunshine is playing on the radio. And sponsored by the Papio Dano Pass the Biscuits Flower Hour. And uh, Everett's f- fixing his hair with uh, his Dapper Dan uh, pomade. Uh, pomade, yeah. And uh, he asked him uh, about the, it'd be foolish for me to ask that he might have some hair nets. He's like, well, there's a, a bunch in Yarn Bureau. I, don't, I won't be needing them anymore. And Mrs. Hogwall left them. Um, and uh, they're sleeping in the barn, and uh, something wakes them up. And the first thing Everett out of, out of sleep says, my hair. <laughs> and uh that was a that was a catchphrase we repeated much uh, along uh oh, i think it comes up with right after that we're in a bad predicament we're in a tight spot we're in a tight spot we're in a tight spot and uh, it's like damn we're in a tight spot he says it four different times in that little uh, thing the police are outside they're setting fire to the barn the police van is on fire and uh they end up setting a fire that lands in the van and there's machine guns in the van so it starts shooting everywhere and uh, the son shows up driving the car, and you see him sitting on the Montgomery Ward catalogs, so you can see. He said, "Get in, boys! I'm gonna R U N N O F T." So great because he was spelling the word in theory, so the boy wouldn't know what happened, but the boy knew. Knew the spelling repeated of the word it, meant. Repeated it the same same yeah. exact way, um, and and. It, they're all in the car, and that's a very memorable cinematic moment. They're all in the car. The whole barn is on fire, and the boys driving the car, and they blow through the doors of the barn, and they're all screaming like, ah, you know, and uh, it's great, and they get away, um, and you see next next day it's daylight, um, and they're throwing rocks at the kid trying to go, so go back home and mind your paw, and uh, they find out the car needs repaired, and uh, he goes to the store. And the guy's like, well, yeah, we'll have it for you in two weeks. Uh, and then he asked for uh, Dapper Dan. He's like, we don't, have, we don't carry Dapper Dan. We have Fop. He's like, I don't want Fop, goddammit. I'm a Dapper Dan man. Uh, he's like, ain't this place a geographical oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's a famous uh, famous line. All three of them are around the campfire. And uh, he says, uh, go forever. And uh, and uh, he <laughs> He uh he's trying to give him gopher gopher, but uh ever uh has a uh, a watch he had stolen. Um and uh, he says, You got some light fingers, Everett. And he's like, 
he stole that from my kin. He's like, who was fixing to betray us? You didn't know that at the time. He's like, I stole it before he, but you know, anyway, he's full of shit. Yeah. Um, but I like that uh, Tim Lake Nelson's like, you got some white fingers, Everett. He just looks at so, him. So I was reading that uh, Clooney was having trouble getting his head around the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's from Kentucky. So mm-hmm. he right, actually sent right. the script back to his uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and asked him to record the script, just read the script so he could hear what that country twang and all would be. Mm-hmm. But uh, the uncle was uh, kind of religious, so every, all the curse words he just kind of left out. Mm-hmm. So he got the whole thing, and Clooney was going through it all. And as they're making the movie, you know, about uh, halfway through two or three days, the Coen brothers go, man, you're not seeing the script right. It's be this, this, and this, all these curse words. He goes, what? I don't have that. Because his uncle left it out of the, oh, out yeah. of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. So. Okay. That's that's good, yeah. Was it uh, Rosemary's brother? Uh, it's a guy named Jack. Okay, it might have been his dad's brother. Yeah, probably dad's brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, this is where they see that they're sitting there uh, getting ready to eat, and uh, they say the congregation walking by them and singing, or you know, some kind of some kind of religious hymn well, or whatever. Can eerie for when they first kind of show up. Yeah, because they're they're talking. You can see. Uh, I think it's uh, Everett and. And uh, Delmar yeah, kind of arguing yeah. about the watch, and you can just at that point see some white movement in the background, and yeah. you don't know that they're there yet. And they slowly pull around different angles, and you slowly see the congregation walking past them. It's mm-hmm. ghost-like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and uh, they're walking uh, toward the, uh, you know, toward the whatever the lake, the pond, the whatever it the is. Baptismal fire. Yeah, and well, uh, water. And then uh, uh, Tim Bake Nelson's uh, character once he's like he sees the baptism is like oh um, yeah I guess all you know and uh, Everett says well I guess hard times flush the chumps and uh, he, um, he gets baptized and then Delmar gets baptized Delmar says well I'll be a son of a bitch Delmar been saved um, and uh, he he washed away all my sins and transgressions. Including that piggly wiggy I knocked over in Yazoo. He's like, I thought you were innocent of that. He's like, Well, I wasn't. I lied. And he washed away that sin too, you know. Um, and it's funny because there's still there's still a few piggly wiggies around Atlanta. Not many, but yeah. there's there's two or three. I've shopped a few. There's one on Moreland, and uh, I can't remember. There's a couple, like two more at least. I've shopped more than when I've been at uh, down Charleston. So okay, yeah, there's still at least at least two, maybe three in Atlanta. There's some piggly wiggies around. Um, and uh, next, uh, they did the baptized thing, and then you see a man with a dog sniffing the pomade and holding a hairnet. Uh, so you see that someone is on the trail, for sure. And uh, uh, Everett's saying, baptism, you two are dumber than a bag of hammers. And this is where they they pick up Tommy. And uh, the, you know, like, the nice overhead shot of the, the crossroads. X, the crossroads. Crossroads, yeah. And everyone uh, familiar with the story of uh, Robert Johnson. Yeah, I was reading that apparently uh, Robert Johnson kind of co-opted the story hmm. of uh, the he heard of someone named Tommy Johnson. Yeah. This character was named after, yeah. and then he wrote the song "Crossroads" and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, going on the crossroads. Yeah, and so the the legend got transferred from Tommy Johnson to Robert Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they're asking what we do here in the middle of nowhere. He's like, "Well, I had to be there at that crossroads at midnight, sell my soul to the devil," and. Uh, 
And Everett says, well, ain't that a small world, spiritually speaking? Pete and Delmar have just been baptized and saved. I guess I'm the only one who remains unaffiliated. <laughs> I love that fucking line. I love that line. And uh, um, uh, Delmar, yeah, Delmar, uh, Delmar is Tim Lake Nelson's, yeah, and Pete is, uh, yeah, Pete is uh, Totoro. I had it mixed up, but Delmar says, um, what the devil give you for your soul, Tommy? Well, it taught me to play this guitar real good. And uh, he says, oh, son, for that, you traded your everlasting soul? He's like, well, I wasn't using it. <laughs> that's just, that's just such a fucking silly line. I love that. Um, and uh, like, well, what did the devil look like? He's empty eyes and big hollow voice traveling around with a mean old hound. Which was describing the, the sheriff. Right, right. Burned the barn down and mm-hmm. more than likely had uh, the hairnet in his hand. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they're talking about, uh, I was headed to... Uh, Itabina, it's like, what are you going there for? There's a fellow there that pays you to sing into his can. And uh, well, not Itabina, it was uh, Tusca Migo, Tusca Migo. Oh, yeah, Tichamingo, Tichamingo, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I realized it's the radio station, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it happens to be that Stephen Root is the guy that runs the radio station, yeah, Brian Stephen Root, the great, great Stephen Root from Office Space, Office Space, King of the Hill. Yeah. News radio, oh, news radio, so many things, so underrated. Uh, Stephen Root, and they're uh, they go in there asking about, uh, you know, we heard just you, you paid to sing the can. He's like, that depends. Do you do Negro songs? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we are. You know, we are, except for our continent. He's like, well, I don't record Negro songs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're ever looks like, oh, <laughs> it's like, well, we're uh, you know, we, we're a. And he talks about old timey. He's like, well, we're steeped in old timey. We're steeped in it. And this is where they do the song, I'm a man of constant sorrow. And uh, Stephen Root's character, he's in there behind the booth, uh, behind the glass, grinning and kind of singing along. <laughs> Blind and just like swaying back and forth. And uh, they, they, that song, man, it's such a great song. I actually thought this song was written for the movie, uh, and I just recently learned while doing research on this. It was written in 1913. Really? It's been around that long. And uh, the singing voice for George Clooney was a guy named Dan Tominsky, mm-hmm. who I knew that was. He's the, uh, like the male lead for Alison Krauss in the station. He's, oh, he's one of the okay. And he, he was he had a small part in the movie uh, near the end where they're on stage and they have the band behind them. He's mm-hmm. playing the mandolin. Oh, is he? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he... Um... Yeah, he that song, man. That's oh, it's especially the way they did it. Is wow, I'm singing along to that song all the time. Uh, you know, this movie and the music brought me back around to uh, folk and uh, bluegrass style music. Uh, you know, I grew up kind of listening to hee haw and watching hee on TV and that kind of music, so I was very familiar with all the, the country styles and stuff like that. But I really got into it. Mm-hmm. This is one of the movies that uh, came around and just kind of hey, that music's still out there, go listen to it. Yeah, yeah, it's outstanding, uh, outstanding music in this movie. Um, they get out, they get out of the radio station after they give them their money, and they talk about you know each one of you get, you know, they, um, one of them's I think uh, Delmar says, no, Albert says, hot damn son, I do believe you did sell your soul to the devil. He, he does such a great job in the, the guitar. Oh, you catch the part that uh, after they sing the song and and. Uh, the radio guy goes uh, ten dollars get y'all ten dollars a piece and get you to fill out his paperwork here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, Eric goes, well, uh, 
Jimmy Bob and Joe, mm, they, yeah. they can't sign. They'll have to just put yeah, X on theirs. Only only six uh, six of us can uh, write. Yeah, yeah or only four yeah. of us can write. That you can't. You yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the, they're walking out of the radio station all happy because they got the money. And uh, happy with Del, Delmore talking to Charles Durning and his entourage are there, the governor. And uh, Delmore says. I don't mean me to tell telling tales out of school, but there's a fellow in there that's give you ten dollars to sing into his can. And Charles Durning says, I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. <laughs> I love the way he says that. Um, and uh um they talk about we're mass communicating, talking about the going to the radio station. Um and uh uh there and they're at the campfire after nighttime and they're all kind of kind of sad now kind of like melancholy like you know they were so happy and uh tommy's playing a guitar and singing a good song and they're all kind of all kind of seems like sad now and then but then they're talking about what they'll do with the money uh, uh pete is talking about a restaurant you know i think a restaurant just so he can have free food i think it seems like um and delmar's talking about buying back the family farm he says you ain't no kind of man if you don't have land it's kind of uh, go back to the, the sons of bitches that took our farm away, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, get the land back. Yeah, yeah. And they're walking down the road, and this is where they see a car coming, and driven by George Nelson. And uh, there's money flying around. <laughs> what was it? How do you pronounce the name? Matt Bataluco. Uh, Bataluco. Uh, okay. Bataluco. Yeah. Yeah. L L U C C O. Yeah. Not uh, Okay. And uh, there's money flying around, and uh, he stops asking him. Oh, that's where he asks the directions to eat a bina. That's what it is. Yeah. And uh, you see behind him, there's cars driving down there behind him. He's like, uh, they ask him directions. He's like, why don't you hop on in while you give it a think? And, uh, um, you know, he's driving, and uh, he he's like, any fellas know your way around the Walther PPK? And uh, Delmar says, I don't believe it's in Mississippi. And I didn't, I have looked this up. I didn't know. That sounds like a highway. It's actually a name of a gun. Oh, yeah, I knew that. I didn't know that. Walter PPK was the gun that uh, James Bond was his favorite. Oh, well, okay. It's a handgun. So okay. he, he's sitting in the way on Walter PPK, but he's got a Tommy gun. Right. Okay. And he asked for the, the Tommy gun, all that stuff. So oh, okay. He was hoping someone would hold a small pistol and help him fire. But Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's saying, hand me that chopper. And he's... uh leaning out of the car and uh, forcing ever, ever doesn't even know and forcing him to steer the car. He doesn't even give him a warning. And uh, he's firing his machine gun at the cops. And uh, Delmar says, well, say, what kind of light, line of work you in, George? <laughs> There's a few moments in here where these characters are too stupid to, to live, basically. That was one of them. Um, but it's funny. It's great. But he's shooting the cops and he starts shooting cows. Which is, oh, I, nothing I hate worse for the cops. It's cows. cows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no cows were harmed in the making of this movie. Right. Uh, in fact, there's a one point coming right up after this where mm -hmm. uh, cows come across the road mm -hmm. and the police run into the cow. Yeah. Um, you know, the ASPCA is always uh, oh, monitoring yeah. movies yeah. for this and the other, and they had to be assured that yeah, of course. they did not run over cow. And so, well, this is actually a CGI. There's no red cow there. What? Show us. And they showed them the cow. So the... Uh, the tag in this was mm -hmm. that uh, it, was, it was a little bit different. Instead of when the animals were harmed in this movie, 
it was something a little bit more specific to the fact that it was a CGI cow. Oh, really? Okay. It was a CGI cow. Yeah, that was it's a, a semi hurt. That was hurt and not really hurt. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole uh, cow thing is like uh, um, uh, uh, George is you know they're going to rob the bank and uh, George is really happy. Everyone super happy robbing the bank till this woman whispers, I think that's baby face Nelson. And he hears her and this brings him down, pisses him off um, and just really irritates the shit out of him. All of a sudden he's depressed again. Um, they rob the bank or whatever. And then they go back to the campfire and George is really sad and he just leaves him the money. He just gives him the money and uh, he's sad. You know, he's like, ah, whatever. He just walks off. Um, so they have all the money that George had. Um, here's where we see uh, Homer Stokes, who's the uh, guy running for governor against Pappy O'Daniel. Um, he's re he's recruiting. Uh, he's uh, there's a truck driving past. There's a farmer, um, and he's got the uh, the dwarf on the back sweeping uh, with a little broom. Um, it's his campaign about sweeping out the, you know, Christmas. Uh, yeah, Christmas uh, election um, thing about sweeping out the old uh, the corruption or whatever. Uh, sweep it, sweep the state clean. That's what it is. You know who played Homer Stokes? I know his face, but his name is Wayne Duvall. Uh huh. Cousin of Robert Duvall. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've seen him and stuff, but I don't he plays know. similar parts. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they're uh, they're headed to the radio station. Um, and, uh, well, they they get to the radio station. But the, at the radio station, the guy's talking to Stephen Root. And he's like, uh, you know, we can track down them soggy, soggy bottom boys. Um, well, the whole state's going apy over that record. And uh, Stephen Root is like, well, it was a powerful air. You know, he's just full of shit kind of going along with it. Like, he doesn't really know what's going on, I think, kind of. He just kind of lies and said, yeah, yeah, I knew it all along, type of thing. He's like. He's like, we got to track him down. If we don't, competition will. And Steve Root says, oh, mercy, yes. We got to beat that competition. <laughs> the way he says that, he's just, he's just clueless, I think, really. Um, and uh, here's another song playing in the background while stuff's going on, a little montage. I'll Fly Away uh, song is playing. And it shows them to, uh, there's, a, there's a pie on the windowsill. And I mean, they steal it. They leave the money, but they do take the pie, whatever. Um, and uh, they're they're grabbing it and it's real hot. <laughs> They'll steal stealing the pie. Um, they leave the money. Um, and uh, there's a woman asking about the record at a store. It's like, no, man, we can't keep it on our shelves. And uh, uh, Everett's at the store. Uh, he's buying uh, Dapper Dan um, at the store. And uh, um, uh, and then uh, we get to the, where they're at in the. Uh, woods or whatever and the sirens the three women are uh, singing to them. well before we get to that point uh before we got to the store when after we were eating the pie at night mm -hmm. and they're around the fire uh and you know they're they got eating the pie and there's like paper newspaper underneath them yeah. and he uses the pie and he throws the paper in the fire and it shows uh, the top of it is the uh the dam uh, the, the dam the yeah the, the river's about to be dammed is at the top starts burning away underneath it. it's a story about the soggy bottom boys who are they oh yeah right 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 yeah because they're they're new they're 
big in the news and they don't even know it. Yeah. And I like how they're telling, he's telling like sort of, you can see how he's kind of telling ghost stories. You don't even hear nothing. You and see the Panama and he's got this like, really odd movement. Yeah, he's got arms. this yeah, weird. It's just a silly thing. It's just a silly thing. Um, but it's great, you know. Um, and yeah, they're uh, but the sirens, um, they get him drunk and uh, putting him to sleep. Um, and then they wake up and Delmar's there and yeah. Everett's there, but Pete, Pete's Pete's gone. Just a pile of clothes. With they, the but they heart. left his heart. They left, they left his, his heart. heart. And you know, when he said that, I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. what's going to happen here? Right, right. And then you see that it's a, it's a toad, and it hops off into the creek, and uh, Delmar's chasing, chasing him. Pete, Pete, come back, Pete. Um, and, uh, you know, he, um, but when he wakes up, uh, I guess Delmar wakes up Everett. Everett wakes up and says, my hair, my hair. First thing he says, um, that was actually my name. On some video game I was playing my back hair. then, my my name or like the name of my town, I mean, it was my hair. My hair. We're watching this movie so many times, um, and uh, he said, uh, he said, "Sweet Jesus, Everett, they left his heart." It's like they loved him up and turned him into a horny toad. <laughs> and then Delmar's chasing the toad in the creek, um, and uh, Delmar says, "We got to find some kind of wizard can change him back." Uh, and uh, they're at the restaurant, and he's got Pete in a uh, shoebox. And uh, and over it's like you can't bring a toad into a fancy restaurant, and and it's like we don't want to think we're ashamed of him. And ever says if it is Pete, I am ashamed of him. Um, uh, this is where they meet uh, Big Dan, Big Dan Teed, played by John Goodman. Um, basically, when uh, Everett is, uh, he hears the money. Yeah, he like he's getting tipped the waitress. Everett pulls a wad of money out and right. peels a bill off, and, and Big Dan takes here's the money. Here's the doing. money, yeah. And, uh, and he's got the eye patch over one eye, yeah, one bad eye. Yeah, he's the Cyclops, yeah, which yeah. makes for a really funny scene slightly later on in the movie, right? Right, right. Um, and uh, Big Dan is wanting to talk to Everett, and he's like, uh, I'm here about, I'm here to teach you about the word of God, which let me tell you, there's damn good money in, the, in these times of woe and want. And we'll be back after this. Forced into life, aimless wanderers. Jesus! Can I count on you people? Sorry, Everett. Well, all right. We take off through that bayou. Then... Wait a minute. Who elected you leader of this outfit? Well, Pete, I figured it should be the one with the capacity for abstract thought, but. If that ain't the consensus view, then hell, let's put her to a vote. Suits me. I'm voting for yours truly. Well, I'm voting for yours truly, too. Okay. I'm with you fellas. 
if we join your timer. Join me, my son. Join. You work for the railroad, Grandpa? I work for no man. Got a name, do you? I have no name. Well, that right there may be the reason you've had difficulty finding gainful employment. You see, in the mart of competitive commerce... You seek a great fortune. You three who are nigh in chain. You will find a fortune. Though it would not be the fortune you seek. But first... First you must travel a long and difficult road. A road fraught with peril. Mm-hmm. You shall see things wonderful to tell. You shall see a, a cow on the roof of a cotton house. <laughs> and oh, so many startlements. I cannot tell you how long this road shall be, but fear not the obstacles in your path. For fate has vouchsafed your reward. Though the road may wind, yea, your hearts grow weary, still shall ye follow the road, even unto your salvation. We are back here on the podcast talking about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, take a guess on the critic score. 100. 78. 78, really? 78. Oh. Yeah, that's that's horrible. That's, no, that's just much too good a movie for that. Right. I mean, I was expecting, this isn't a movie that everyone talks about, how, how great it is, but I was expecting 90 least 78 i mean that's the only thing is that the dialogue was maybe a little too out there for the average american yeah i guess so you know 78 now their audience score 89 yeah the dialogue for all the characters is very stylized yeah yeah um 78 and 89 for the audience score you know disappointing considering where this movie is yeah i mean setting your number three of all time yeah i mean it's um yeah it's uh, uh, whatever, I don't know. Budget on the movie, $26 million. Box office, $76 million. Mm. Uh, adjusted for inflation, $121 million. Very, very, very low on my list. Yeah. Like, bottom 10. I think the last sure. movie uh, was because Cousin Vinny was 64. Yeah. Or 54. Yeah, probably. yeah. So just above that a little right. bit. Right, and... Uh, you know, just for inflation, that was probably a little bigger because, you know, this is uh, seven years, eight years earlier. So, um, yeah, this movie uh, didn't make a lot of money. Um, made money, you know, but disappointing, I'm sure, um, for a lot of people. Uh, Oscar nomination for cinematography and uh, screenplay based on original, you know. So it got Oscar nominations, two of them. So cinematography, obviously, you can uh, you can see that. Because um, it's a very picturesque movie. Um, movie came out December twenty second, two thousand, um, just before Christmas. Yeah. Um, do you remember when you first saw the movie? I do not remember when I saw it. I think it was another one that because the holidays, I didn't see it till January. Mm-hmm. I saw it in the theaters. Then. Yeah. 
I, I, I definitely saw it in theaters. Um, it may have been, uh, it probably wasn't the first uh, week weekend, but I definitely saw it in theaters and loved it the first time I saw it. Um, movies that came out in theaters at the time. There's several movies that came out the same exact day. Uh, big ones. Uh, Castaway, Miss Congeniality, uh, 13 Days, and State in Maine. Uh, State in Maine, I've seen them all. Uh, State in Maine, pretty good. Uh, I think of David Mamet, I believe. Got some people in it, Alec Baldwin, uh, Macy, Sir Jessica Parker, I think. Um, 13 Days, about JFK, about the Cuban Missile Crisis. It's yep. a good one. Uh, Miss Congeniality, I mean, big, big hit. Uh, Castaway is a movie that came pretty close to making my list. Didn't, I've seen it. Many, many, many times. Um, Those are Zemeckis and Hanks, right? Yes. And uh, so which have you seen the most, including this movie? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I got to mention the other ones are in theaters. Uh, these were just the ones that came out the same day. Gotcha. Also in theaters at the same time, Traffic, Dude, Where's My Car, What Women Want, Snatch, Red Planet, The Wedding Planner. Mm. All right. So which of these did I see more than this? Snatch is on my list, of course. Cast West on the theater. Uh, what movie want us on the theater? Snatch us on the theater. Uh, I would say, actually, probably this, not counting uh, A Brother Where Art Thou, I've seen Snatch the most. Okay. I've seen A Brother the most. Um, honestly, I've seen Castaway a shitload. And Snatch, I've seen a lot, too. Um, but I think I've seen her brother the most, um, other than those three, um, there's not a movie I've seen on here more than twice. Um, I've seen traffic a couple of times. Dude, where's my, where's my car? I think is actually kind of good. Um, red planet. I saw it in theaters. I kind of like that uh, one. 13 days. I have not seen traffic. Hmm. I haven't seen dude. Where's my car? I haven't seen, uh, red planet. I haven't seen, um, Wedding Planner, I've seen the TV version in parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, State and Maine, I've seen. Okay. Miss Congeniality, I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, some big ones on there. Um, yeah, and Castaway. I've seen Castaway. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it a bunch. Um, um, I want to mention uh, this movie, especially the soundtrack. Um, over 5 million copies sold. Sold more units and more dollars than the movie. Mm-hmm. And... Hit number one, well over a year after the movie and the soundtrack originally came out. Yeah, in like uh, two thousand two, like March yeah. of two thousand two. Yeah, it's a rare case where the soundtrack is way more famous than the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, that song "Man of Constant Sorrow" led mm-hmm. the way. Yeah, and I was thinking about this. Um, there's only I'm not just talking about my top one hundred movies list, but there's only probably. Uh, two soundtracks that I have every song of on my Spotify playlist and yeah. I have a big Spotify playlist like 7,000 songs yeah. it's only two soundtracks that I have every song of and one is this and one is Pulp Fiction that's it you know the soundtrack had two sequels I heard about it but I don't uh, know one is O oh Sister Where Art Thou and then the next one is just called O oh Sister okay okay um, the uh, yeah the soundtrack huge Huge, big deal. Uh, a lot of great songs. Um, don't really care much for gospel music, but a lot of these are gospel, and man, they're all great songs. Love them all. Um, and uh, yeah, and I was even thinking of other soundtracks like I, I've had, 
But I definitely don't like even Footloose. I had Footloose soundtrack, but I don't have every one of them on my Spotify playlist. Um, there's a few others. Saturday Night Fever. Uh, same same thing. I thought Saturday Night Fever. I, I don't think I have every song on there. Um, most of them, and one I do have, but it doesn't really count as Forrest Gump. But I know those songs before Forrest Gump. They're all classic rock staples. So I don't I don't have them on there because they were on Forrest Gump. Yeah, just, because they were. Yeah, because they're all like huge classic rock songs that I already love. So, um, and uh, the director, uh, the Coens. Um, you know, this is my favorite Coen brother movie, obviously. And Joel gets the credit for directing, but both of them actually directed. Uh, mm-hmm. Ethan produced. I think they both produced, and they both wrote. They yeah, wrote, along with Homer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the fact that I've got uh, what three Coen brother movies in my top like fourteen, because you also have The Big Lebowski and Fargo, and you also got Raising Arizona, which is like I think in the forties on my list. So. Yeah. Um, Big on the Coen brothers. After that, I think the best Coen brothers movie that's not on my list. For me, is Hudsucker Proxy. Hudsucker Proxy. Love that movie. There's not a lot of love for it, but I love that movie. I think the Coen Brothers are, are one of the few uh, movie makers where you could probably sit down and watch their entire movie collection in order every seven to ten years and just be happy. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I love them, and uh, just a lot of great movies. And there's some that are. Many people consider great that I don't necessarily love that much, like Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink. I'm like, eh, yeah. But you know the story behind Barton Fink? Barton uh, Fink's a story about a, a Hollywood screenwriter who's got writer's block. Mm-hmm. So all things, all these crazy things start going yeah. crazy in his life. Uh, it's because they were making Miller's Crossing, they were writing it, I should say, and mm-hmm. they got writer's block. So like, how do we get rid of our writer's block? Well, we write about it. So they wrote a screenplay about having writer's block Yeah, Barton Fink. And when they got finished with that, they're like, okay, we can finish Miller's Crossing. They finished Miller's Crossing after that. Oh, okay. And then they made both movies. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, they're great. (laughs) Um, And the tagline, uh, sometimes you have to lose your way to get back home. Pretty good tagline. I wanted to mention uh, a deep connection uh, to the movie Deliverance uh, because it's about uh, the Tennessee Valley Authority and getting ready to flood. Yeah. Flood an area to electrify up yeah, yeah. Um, the south. Um, you know, that's a pretty big thing these movies have in common because it's a major plot point in both movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, just want to mention that. Uh, Steve Park Award. This was, uh, this was a tough one. I might have to name one and then save one for Who's Your Guy because there's some... And the fact that I'm not picking John Goodman for either one of these in here is incredible because that's how good these other two people are. So Steve Parker Ward gives to Stephen Root. I love yeah. Stephen Root. Um, King of the Hill is one of the best uh, sitcoms. I don't even call it a cartoon. It's, a, it's an space. animated sitcom in Office Space, especially on King of the Hill um, playing Bill, such a great pathetic character, and also <laughs> plays uh, Hank's boss. Um, also... Um, He's, he's just so great. Um, Stephen Root is awesome. And playing that ra- the blind uh, radio station guy is great. Um, Bechdel test on this one. Uh, Bechdel, you got uh, Holly Hunter. Um, and uh, is that it other than the, the sirens? Um, 
Yeah. And uh, the people at the bank, the group woman at the bank. The few characters, but no one really named. No. And none really interact with other women. Right. Um, the most interaction with women is his mom and the kids and the daughters. The daughters. The right. Barbie girls. And they're still talking about their dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, doesn't pass the test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, might be the, one of the last chances to pass the Bechdel test. I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe not. It's only two more movies left, so. Um, so it's time to get back to talking about the story here. Uh, we're back, um, with, uh, we just met, uh, Big Dan Teague at the restaurant. Uh, they're at the restaurant and, uh, Papio Daniel, the governor is there too. Uh, not seeing, not talking to them, but they're talking about their strategy, the campaign strategy. They're talking about Homer Stokes talking about reform. And one of his, uh, I think his son says, maybe we get us some reform too. Reform? How are we going to do reform when the damn incumbent? And uh, it's like, is that the best bo- best idea you boys can come up with? Reform? And uh, and uh, Big Dan is eyeing the shoebox they have at the table. Of course, Pete is in the shoebox. Yeah. Pete the Toad. Right. Exactly. Um, they said, uh, if you uh, cover my bill, we wrap this up, we can uh, have a picnic. And uh, they go outside on a tree. Um He's going to tell them about the word of God, how they can make money. And uh, Big Dan is standing up. He rips off a, a giant tree branch and just winds around and smacks Delmar right in the head with this giant tree, tree branch. And Everett says, what's going on, Big Dan? <laughs> Dan <he gets laughs> this, is one, this is one of those moments in the movie where someone is too stupid to breathe. I think. Yeah. Um, he gets smacked in the head right. with the branch. Corn comes Flying out of his mouth, right, right, teeth yeah. everywhere. Right, and then and Delmar comes and attacks him. You know, and he's like, you know, Don Goodman weighs three times as much as him, so he's just kind of like he a, flips a, him over. It's kind of like a ground. nuisance or something. And uh, then Big Dan picks up the box. Like, what you got in here? here. Yeah, and was thinking it, uh, there's a bunch of cash. Opens it and goes, "There ain't nothing but a toad mm-hmm. in here." And yeah, he picks it up in his big sweaty hand and yeah. he crushes Pete <laughs> yeah. into mush and then throws him against a tree. Yeah, yes. And Delmar just faints. Throws him hard <laughs> against the tree. And uh, Dan says, Dan's walking away. It's like, see in the funny papers. And then he also steals the car. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then uh, the next scene, it's uh, dark and uh, they're whipping Pete. They got yeah. him tied up. They're whipping him. The we, devil. We learned for sure that Pete's definitely alive. Right. The devil is there. Um, and there's a noose hanging from the tree. I think his name is Sheriff Cooley. Okay. Um, and uh, Elvert and Delmar are riding in, riding in the back of the truck and uh, discussing what happened. And uh, there's a chain gang, and they see Pete. Pete looks at him out of the corner of his eye. And uh, so they know Pete's okay. Um, but he's back in prison. There's a rally for Homer Stokes. And uh, they're saying, keep on the sunny side. Um Homer Stokes is saying servant of a little man. And he's got a, got a dwarf there. The guy. It's like, he ain't lying, you know, and he's sweeping this state clean. He's got a little broom. And, uh, this is where we, uh, uh, see the Warby gals, uh, singing. And, uh, we don't know what that means at, at first, of course, but, uh, then we meet Holly Hunter, which is his, uh, the mother of the children and his ex-wife. Um, said, you know, I haven't seen you since, not since you got hit by the train. Because um, he, he told him told him all that his father got hit by a train. Yeah. He keeps repeating it over and over again. 
I ain't dead. I ain't been hitting no bento train. I ain't dead. Best thing you ever did is get hit by, hit by the train. <laughs> um, and uh, he keeps saying that to him. Uh, and the daughters are talking about her new uh, suitor. It's like, he's bona fide. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm the he, damn. He's a suitor. Yeah. I'm the damn paterfamilias. It's great because, you know, this this uh, movie with a lot of basically hicks, you know, he's spouting Latin at him, you know, paterfamilias. Um, and uh, where where's she at? Where's your mother at? She's at the five and dime buying nipples. <laughs> Such a great, just a silly line. Uh, and uh, and uh, he walks into the five and dime, and uh, and then some of them say, "Daddy," and she says, "He ain't your daddy. Your daddy's hit by a train." Um, and then Everett uh, gets in a gets in a fight with uh, her new uh, suitor, and he gets punched several times in the face. It's uh, Vernon. Waldrop. Yeah, Vernon Waldrop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's funny. Every time he gets punched, he's just like, ooh, almost like a cartoon character. Yeah, he didn't land a single head, and, and Waldrop just wops on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they throw him out, and the one guy with the great face said, and stay out of the Woolworths. Yeah, I think he's like the manager. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great like face. They obviously picked him just for that, that certain crazy weird look on him. Um, uh and so uh, Everett and Delmar are at the movie theater watching the movie and the movie stops and they bring the convicts in, the chain gang and uh, Pete sits behind them and they start the movie up and uh, Pete is looking at them saying do not seek the treasure you know what that reminds me of? Taxi. Taxi, exactly. Slow down what does a yellow light mean? No, what does yield mean? What does, no, what does a yellow light mean? I thought it was yield uh Maybe it is, but he slow down. What does I think it was yellow light, but anyway, yellow light. that's that's taxi exactly. It's exactly what it means. Um, he keeps saying it, and uh, Pete yeah, Delmer says, "We thought you was turning into a toad," and he looks at him confused, but he keeps saying, "Do not seek the treasure," and uh, they break Pete out, um, and uh, they. Uh, they get together and Everett ends up admitting there is no treasure. He basically had a lie to him um, to get him like we was chained together. Um, we was chained together. And uh, that uh, the uh, so that's what, uh, you know, he lied to him to get him out of there. Um, and uh, they get to uh, uh, they get to where the Klan rally. There's a Klan rally. And they see that Tommy is there being held. And uh, they're like, the we got to save him. Weather Channing sounds like the Wizard of Oz. Exactly. It's definitely oh, like. We yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely sounds like the Wizard of Oz. Um, and they're doing some kind of synchronized dancing down there. Yeah, they are. Something you would never expect from the plan. I don't think that's uh, canon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe we get a clan expert on the. Our next episode. So, uh, so apparently, when they were filming it, they they just you know got as many people as they could to film it, including uh, a lot of uh, black people under the robes. To, to oh, film okay. That. And the the, the Cohen brothers heard a couple people saying, "It's the weirdest shit ever." Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Because they're all out there in the in the clan robes, dancing around, doing synchronized dancing and all this chanting and stuff. And it's right. really just odd. Yeah, it, it looks odd to, to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah, and. Uh, they knock out and they've all got like uh, sort of grease or whatever on their face to be less visible in the night. 
and they uh, they knock out the collar guard and uh, steal their outfits, and uh, that comes into play here a little bit. But uh, they end up when they when they unmask them, they said the collar guard's collared, <laughs> um, and uh, you see that Homer Stokes is the leader, uh, the guy running for governor. Um, this is where uh, they throw the uh, spear up in the. Before the then, uh, as, as they're walking uh, Tommy up towards the, the fiery cross, and then they're the, as the color guard. Our three heroes are walking behind them. Um, one of the clansmen, his head pops up, and he slowly turns around, and there's only one eye hole. So you know it's Big Dan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, he he smells. smelled that dapper Dan is what it was. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he follows along and yanks their uh, skull caps off, and, mm-hmm. and they got the black face on, and mm-hmm. that's when they, they say, the color guard, the color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so um, the uh, they cut the wire holding up the fiery cross, and it lands on Big Dan. So he's done. Um, yeah, Big Dan's done. And uh, 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 Pappy is talking about hiring away uh, Stokes's campaign manager, which is Waldrop, which is yeah, the wife. The I mean, the husband, intended. The, the, the intended husband. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, they put on disguises uh, and get on stage. They put on just basically fake beards to uh, sing. And uh, they're doing, uh, you know, the different songs before they get to the big song. But, uh, I mean, I think Delmar, I mean, Team like Nelson, it sounds like he. he it is his voice. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like uh, him. In the jailhouse now. Right. Yeah, it's it's really him. Yeah. It's, he's actually a, a singer, you know. And that's definitely not John Turturro doing the yodeling, though. No. But apparently <laughs> – uh, Tim Blake Nelson was a neighbor of the Cohen brothers. Oh, yeah. And uh, they knew that he was a, a classic scholar. That's what he was. Mm-hmm. He's actually probably the only one there actually read The Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gave him the script. And he thought he just wanted him to critique it because it was seemed somewhat based on The Odyssey. Mm-hmm. They actually wanted him for the part of Del Mar. Oh, okay. That's good. Because I definitely had no idea who he was before this movie. And apparently while he was making, in between making this movie, while he was making this movie, like he act in the daytime or night and then the other half of the day he'd be editing a movie he was making called oh which i'm familiar with and i have to look it up oh okay okay um but uh yeah he's singing and i uh, get to toro dancing in the background like moving his very country looking moving his like lifting his knees up in the air and everything dancing really silly in the background um and uh everett is talking to uh, holly hunter and uh it's like I got I got plans. I'm going to be a dentist. I know a guy that will print me up a license. Um, and uh, his, here's the the part where Tortoro is uh, doing the yodeling, which is obviously definitely not him. You sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, this is where uh, Pepe O'Daniel is trying to recruit uh, Waldrop, and he's like, "I wouldn't work for a man who lacks moral fiber." Um, and uh, then uh, Everett's still talking to his, his wife and uh, his ex-wife. And uh, this is when this, the music kicks on and uh, it's time to get him to go sing because Man of Constant Sorrow is singing. And the crowd goes nuts and they have no idea. Everett's looking around like, what's happening? Uh, everyone's going crazy. Um, the, uh, the Man of Constant Sorrow is playing. Um, and... Uh, you know, they have no idea. Of course, they're, they're a hit. We already discussed that they missed, totally missed the newspaper article about yeah. that. But uh, a man of constant sorrow, um, 
so they're dancing. Everett is dancing silly and uh, just goofing around with his long beard. And Pappy O'Daniel sees the crowd, how they're loving him. And uh, he sees his opportunity to, you know, get him, get him with these guys who are popular. And cast Stokes out onto the yeah, crowd. Yeah, and Stokes uh, hints at the clan. He's like, he stops the music. And he hints that they desecrated a fiery cross in a certain secret organization I don't think I have to mention here. Um, and uh, the crowd's booing him. And uh, Pappy O'Daniel sees that they're booing him. And, they, you know, he badmouths him. Um, and, uh, they literally, I think this is actually what it, they literally wrote him out of a town on the rail, yes, right? That's really what that is, right? Yes. It's not, it's a, it's a, it's a giant piece of wood or whatever. Yeah. They wrote him out of town on the rail. Um, and, uh, so he's, he's gone and then Pappy gets on stage and starts dancing. He even does the thing where he puts his thumb, goes, <laughs> Charles Durning dancing around and Everett's looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh. And, uh, and Pappy O'Daniel says, I think uh, these boys has, uh, you know, learned their lesson and I should pardon them. And uh, I'm going to, you go, you boys are going to lead us in a course of, uh, you are my sunshine, aren't you boys? He looks back at him. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he pardons him. Yeah, he pardons him. And uh, gives him the promise to be on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. You're going to get on the straight and narrow, aren't you boys? Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, uh, so the wedding is going to be going to happen now. Everett's going to get uh, remarried to his wife. And uh, she says the ring is in the roll top desk. And uh, well, that's just a, you know, it's like, it's just a ring. We can get another ring. No, no wedding. We get that ring. And uh, uh, you see George Nelson being paraded through town. Um, and he's happy. He's talking about the electric chair. They're going to run up electricity to me, through me. Uh, and uh, he's happy because he's getting all this attention now. And uh, and uh, Delmar says, looks like George is right back on top again. And someone says, cow killer. <laughs> That's a great line. They don't care that he robbed the dozens of banks or whatever. Like, cow, cow killer. killer. Um, they're uh, they're all walking to Everett's house um, along with with Tommy, and the sheriff, the devil, is waiting there. Uh, there's three men digging graves, and they're like, "Oh, we didn't know you're gonna bring a friend. We have to have to share a grave with somebody." Yeah, the cabin, the little log mm-hmm. cabin, was designed to look like the one from the Evil Dead. Was it? Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Um, and uh, and the, they said, uh, you know, you can't. You know, hang us. We just got pardoned and went out on the radio. And he's like, "Well, we ain't got a radio, so he's he's gonna he doesn't care. Gonna hang him anyway." And the grave diggers are all singing a song. Um, and uh, Everett's mentioned uh, the law is a human institution. You know, the the devil says the law is a human institution. And uh, Everett's even starting to pray. Um, and you, s- you start to hear some noises and some you see some trickles of water. And uh, all of a sudden, the flood, all the water comes rushing, rushing in there. Uh, you see the devil's in the water. You see the devil's glasses going around. You see, see the dog, the pomade, the dog. The pomade's everywhere. You see hundreds of cans of pomade everywhere, the nooses. Um, yeah. And, uh, and they come up out of the water and uh, they come up and they're talking. And then Tommy comes up and he's like, hey there, Tommy, what you riding there? He's like a roll top desk. Um, 
So we realize that's where the ring is. So he brings the ring back and uh, following them to get the ring back and they're following behind the man in the hand car, the hand cart, uh, push cart. Um, and uh, the, you know, Holly Hunter's still complaining. He's like, I need a ring. I need this. But the man in the hand cart is the way the movie ends. And we'll be back right with this. Take this road. Nah, 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 that, that ain't right. It seems to me there's a road, cow road, that used to lead all the way, well, both of the way. Uh, that ain't right either. Have fun in while you give it a tink. Any of you boys know your way around the Walter PPK? Well, see, that's where we can't help you. I don't believe it's in Mississippi. Friend, some of your folding money has come unstowed. Just stuff it down that sack there, will you? You boys aren't bad men, I take it. Well, it's funny you should ask. I was bad till yesterday, but me and Pete here have been saved. I'm Delmar, and that there's Everett. George Nelson. It's a pleasure. Grab the tiller, will you, buddy? Hand me that chopper. <laughs> Say, what line of work you in, George? <laughs> Come and get me, Captain, you flat-footed, blue-brained, soft-ass sons of bitches. back here on the podcast talking about oh brother where art thou the number three movie on my countdown oh brother where art thou almost two years in the making here uh, to get to number three um it's time to play the games we play here on the trivia games and uh, where we give each other a name yep. and we um get 60 seconds try to name as many movies as they can um now i'm going to give paul Two names, two names, and this is going to be directing only. Directing only. Two sets of names. I'm going to give him, I'm about ready to start the timer. Two sets of names. Only for directing. The Fairleys and the Coens start. Oh, brother, where art thou? One. Hutchaker Proxy. Two. Raising Arizona. Three. Um, Dumb and Dumber. Four. There's something about Mary. Five. 
Um, did they do the three shooters? Yes. Six. Uh, Barton Fink. Motion Seven. Crossing. Eight. Um, Fargo. Nine. Big Lebowski. Ten. Stuck on you. Eleven. Um, Blood Simple. Twelve. Serious Man. Thirteen. Time. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, man. I'm too busy counting to concentrate on the ones that I think he missed. Oh, there's a ton of right, right. But I mean, me, myself, and Irene was one. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of the carry ones that they would for LE, the two or three. Yeah. Um, um, man, who wasn't there. Um, yeah, Joel yeah, Cohen. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. There's 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 plenty out there. The Fairly Brothers did one that I didn't care for much. Uh, Outside Providence, I think, with Alec Baldwin. Um, it wasn't that great. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I'm. I, I don't know. There's several, but I. I don't know. Like I said, I got too much thinking about what what number I'm on. Oh, you know what? They did Dumb and Dumber too. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber was done by someone else, but they did Dumb and Dumber too. Yes. Yeah, they did. Um, so, what name do you have for me? I have a uh, classic British actor, semi new new classic British actor. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. The name is Christian Bale. Batman Begins. One. The Dark Knight. Two. The Dark Knight Rises. Three. The Machinist. Four. American Psycho. Five. Um, uh, um, fuck. Um, is he in Dunkirk? No. I, I don't know. Probably not. Um, wow. I can't think of more Christian Bale movies. Oh, uh, um, American um, American Hustle. Seven. Um, Spotlight? No, no, not Spotlight. I'm thinking of the uh, financial crisis one. Fuck. Um, oh, uh, Newsies. Time. Nine. Uh, nine. Yeah. So Empire of the Sun was like the first Empire one. Empire of the Sun was well, not just uh, Vice. Yeah. The Big Short. You were thinking Big Short, yeah, yeah. The Prestige, the Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, one of the newer ones. Yeah. Uh, Equilibrium Hostiles. Terminator Salvation, Little Women, Exodus, Gods and Kings, Howl's Moving Castle. I guess he did a voice in that. Hmm. Usually I forgot about that when he was a kid. Yeah. Then. Uh, Public Enemies, Pocahontas, uh, oh, the 310 Yuma. Did you see that remake? I With never the did. Russell actually. Crow and, and Christian yeah. Bale. That was good. Yeah, I never had it. Was it was so good. It was so good. I watched the original. The original uh, was okay. Probably yeah. much better the next time. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, who's your guy in this movie? Who's my guy in this movie? Um,. Mm. You'd mentioned uh, Stephen Root was the uh, uh, Park Award. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's my guy too. 
I like okay. that so much. It just good yeah. character came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, he just liked that old timey music. Yeah, yeah. Like, get that. Oh, yeah, you got to get that competition. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretending like he cares. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason he wasn't my guy is because Charles Durning is fucking outstanding. In this. He is good. I love Charles Durning. And man, this is such a great role for him. Is this his last role? No. No. Really? I, I mean, I don't think so. No, no. I mean, I, he could have been, but I mean, he was on, uh, I mean, he was on Raymond for a while. He played like the family, uh, like the priest or whatever. Um, I mean, he hey, could have been. I don't think so. He was, I don't think he died uh, that long after this movie. I mean, I'm saying I think he died. I don't think he died very soon after this movie. I think he was, but man, he, he was also in, uh, no, he was in uh, Rescue Me too. He played Dennis Leary's uh, dad in Rescue Me. He was great in that. Um, let me guess on the year that he died because I know you're looking him up, right? Um, let's see, Rescue Me was on. Uh, uh, I'm going to guess he died in 2011. Twelve, December 24th, 2012. Okay, yeah. Because I know he was on Rescue Me and I think he maybe he died when the year before the show. 89. Okay, man, he's fucking great in this movie. Dealing with his uh, his his entourage, those guys, his son and the other two guys were just terrible. Just you know, you dumb cracker. Um, Charles Durning is awesome. Um, uh, so who's the villain in this movie? The devil. Yeah, he's, he's a bad guy. Yeah, I want to hunt him down. And mm-hmm. at the very end, where where they capture him, we've been pardoned. He goes, I don't, I don't care. Right. Uh, it's been on the radio. We ain't got no radio. Yeah. He's ready yeah. to get him. He's ready to kill him. He's been hunting the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, and it's been relentless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of a, not really an act of God, but more of an act of man. Yeah. Changing nature. Yeah. Changing nature of man, so to speak, mm-hmm. that uh, saves him. Yeah. Uh, and, and that actor, uh, pretty uh, vital role in Seinfeld, played George's boss. Uh, near the maybe the last season or two, Seinfeld was on, really? and he didn't. And George loved him because he didn't care. Like he was just a. He wasn't a bad guy. He just didn't give a shit. George could just fuck <laughs> around. He loved him because of that. Um, that was post Steinbrenner job for George. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and it was he was great. He played George's boss. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's definitely the villain for sure. Does he make our list? Yeah. Nah. No. Yeah. Even though he's the devil, he's. Still not, Man. not villainous enough. I don't know if he's the devil, devil, but he right. certainly represents him pretty well. Right, right. And yeah, he doesn't make our list. No. Um, no. It's pretty tough to, I think our list is uh, probably going to stay where it is um, to the end. A couple more movies to go. Yeah. I know one of them. And your number one movie, oh, there's no real central villain in right. there. And you may make an argument for the guy with the band-aid. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, that's me still being coy. You should know what we're talking about already. Yeah, if you're paying attention, you know what we're talking about. Um, or if you've already, uh, if you're way behind in time, you can just look and see what our number one mm-hmm. two is. But um, uh, so would this be on your list? Yes, it's yes. a good movie. This yes. is such a good movie. One of the best film mm-hmm. movies of all of them. Yeah, like I got Fargo, uh, Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. There's so many good ones. Lebowski. 
Lebowski. Yeah. 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 Serious Man, I finally watched a few years ago, and man, it's really good. Um, doesn't come close to my list, but it's a really good movie. I mean, it's yeah, the Coens. I mean, this movie is going, going to made some good stuff. This is one movie uh, that I got to love so much because of uh, my my uh, my friend Jay was roommates with a long time. This movie and Catch Me If You Can and My Cousin Vinny and a couple others that are coming up. We watched over and over and over again, even if it was just in the background while we're playing video games or we're just drinking and just it's background. It's a background noise. And I recite the lines on this over and over again. Um, and I love this movie and it helps. The music helps, too. It's very unusual. Not too many really musicals on my list, but man, this one is a great one. Um, do you have any plugs? I do not have any plugs at this time. No plugs. Um just uh, my usual, tell people about the podcast, um, teach people how to download it if they don't know how. And um, uh, it's time to talk about what we're doing next week. What are we doing next week? Next week, um, it may surprise you to know we're number at number two next week. On the really? Podcast. Yeah. Number Hopefully two. I'll get it right. Yeah. Uh, so next week, um, uh, read some poetry from Baudelaire, uh, grab a meal at the Tip Top Cafe, and look out for Phil Shadow. That's right. Next week, we're talking about Groundhog Day on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. You know what we're doing next week on the podcast? What are we doing next week on the podcast? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day? Yeah. Next week, it's Groundhog Day on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. You know what we're doing next week on the podcast? Next week on the podcast? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. That's right. Next week on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Thank you, boys, for throwing in that fricassee. I'm a man of large appetites, and even with lunch under my belt, I was feeling my peckish. It's our pleasure, Big Dan. Thank you as well for the conversational hiatus. I generally refrain from speech during gustation. There are those who attempt both at the same time. I find it coarse and vulgar. Where were we? Making money in the Lord's service. <laughs> you don't say much, friend, but when you do, it's to the point, and I salute you for it. Yes, Bible sales. Now, the trade is not a complicated one. There are but two things to learn. One being where to find a wholesaler. The word of God in bulk, as it were. Two, how to recognize your customer. Who are you dealing with? It's an exercise in psychology, so to speak. And it is that which I propose to give you a lesson in right now. <clears throat> well, I like to think I'm a pretty astute observer of the human scene, too, Big Dan. No doubt, brother. I figured as much back at the restaurant. That's why I invited y'all out here for this advanced tutorial. Come on, Big Dan. It's all about the money, boys! That's <laughs> it! Don't! <laughs> Don't get it, Big Dan. Ah! <laughs> just take your show cards. <laughs> <laughs> And whatever you got in the hole. What? That ain't nothing but a damn toe. No, you don't understand. That's pink. Pink. You know these things give you warts?
Anderson.